Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> I don't know what time we record, but in a DOS boot would be pretty funny. Like, have just like coffee. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I think we decided to talk about the lists. One thing, little something that might help you too, is either have like just a white, small whiteboard. Uh-huh. And if we're going to sit like this, uh-huh. just have like just next to the screen. Yeah. And have like a list of the topics that we. That we want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, for the future. Just a future idea? Future okay. ideologies. Okay. Um, well, are you ready? I was born. Oh, I got to show you that you just reminded me of this goober that I am in class. I'm the dude. That's, That's what you, you call me. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Highly Unapologetic, the podcast. I'm your host, with you as always, Adam, and uh, finally back with us. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the things you love about the holidays are also <clears throat> the things that take away. I know. hate the holidays, by the way. Your but name, please. Your name, please. My name is Travis. Doctor Travis. What's what going on, man? It's it, been literally it's like months. three three or four months at least. Yeah. It's uh life life and, and stuff, you know, happens and yeah. you moved and yeah. we bought a house and we're in the process of moving and it's exciting. Holidays came and went. And yeah. Holidays came and went, the went being my favorite part of that statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, <laughs> it's there's good and there's stress. Like no matter what you do, there's always yeah. something during the holidays, you know. But in the meantime, in those three or four months, we text back, man, we got to talk about this. Man, we got to talk about that. And I think we got a pretty good little lineup. There were a lot. Yeah, there, uh, a lot of stuff has happened in the world Yeah, since we've been on the, on the air. What I really want to do is, is continue this uh, conversation that we were literally just having first just to see how maybe wrong or right we are in the opinion of people who listen to us. We are never wrong. (laughs) That's fair. But I made the statement that before SpongeBob, Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life was SpongeBob. And then we started down the rabbit hole 
of that's it was just the that's, cartoons in the nineties. That's the way they built cartoons. Yeah. So you have your main character, which would be Rocco mm-hmm. or SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Each of those characters had a dumb, and I'm not. I don't even care to be politically correct, but they had a retarded friend. You had Heifer and Patrick, mm-hmm. and then a and then a dog. <clears throat> Some sort of dog-like, yeah. Some sort of dog-like character, pet character, sidekick that was a troublemaker, and at times also stupid. Yes, well, and also at times helpful. Helpful. Okay. Uh, I didn't get too much into into SpongeBob just because it was super annoying, uh, especially <laughs> especially his laugh. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah that yeah that one yeah, that one. Once I hear that two or three times in an episode, I'm out. Like, I'm super out. But <clears throat> I always see these things on Facebook, and it's uh, it's like things to ruin your childhood. <laughs> and one of those was a picture that depicted Rocco as a phone sex operator. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Yeah. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. There was some perverted stuff in cartoons. I f- yeah. Hidden, hidden perversions. Like in Rugrats when they found the alien invader chicks from whatever in Grandpa's top drawer. <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Man. But to your point, Doug, Skeeter, Doug the Skeeter. dumb friend, yeah. and Porkchop. Yeah. Then you had Tommy Pickles. Tommy. Chucky, Chucky Finster. Chucky was the dumb and one. And you had Spike. Yeah. I mean, there's how many more? We had uh, Ren and Stimpy, and Stimpy, even though he was a cat, yeah, Ren was the main character. So Stimpy was both the dumb friend and kind of the other pet. But then you got in the '90s, you had Mike Judge, who went a completely opposite direction and had just two idiots as main characters. And I think that's one of the best cartoons from the '90s: Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the spinoff that King of the Hill was King of the Hill. And I actually we, had a patient this week with the last name Boomhauer. Oh no, that's awesome! I wish he talked like Boomhauer. Did you know there was one episode where Boomhauer talked normally? No, you didn't know that. No. <clears throat> if you haven't seen this episode, it's the episode where all the guys are at the fire department. Like mm-hmm. they're all part of the. I think it's the volunteer fire department. And, like, a fire breaks out okay. at the fire department. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they're all telling the story because they're trying to figure out how it all started. So they're all telling the story of what happened in the day from their point of view. And when Boomhauer is telling it as he remembers it, and it goes back into the thought bubble cloud thing, yeah. and he's sitting on a, on a couch or a chair reading a book or a magazine, and... uh all the other characters around him sound like dang, dang, bang, dang, but dang, oh, come on, dang. and then he turns and looks at him and says, "Guys, come on, this is an absolute like." And he talks completely normal. <laughs> it's the only episode. So to him, everybody else sounded like him. Boomhauer was my dad's favorite character on that show. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. It's it's crazy. Dang old dang, 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 dang old, dang old man. But I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this story in regards to Beavis and Butthead. You know, we were talking. We weren't allowed to watch it uh-huh. when we were growing up. When it was when it was big. When we were in, and I say we, I'm talking about you know my my brother and I, uh-huh. uh, in middle school and high school. You know we weren't allowed to watch it when the parents were gone, and we were cruising the channels. You know we might 
we might watch an episode here and there. Yep. Uh, but I went off to college, and during fall break, I came home for the week. And when I walked through the door, my dad, who everyone knows was a preacher, uh, was watching a Beavis and Butthead marathon. Uh-oh. And cracking up laughing the whole time. Just it, these idiots are hilarious. You know? And, mm-hmm. it, and it just kind of like... Yeah, but we weren't allowed to watch them, Dad. And I don't know why, because now you see how hilarious they are. Well, So we weren't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead, but I, I would watch it at night after mm-hmm. I went to bed. And Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. the episode, I remember it, the episode that ruined Ren and Stimpy for me <clears throat> was there was an episode where they were like jacking the beanstalk okay. and they climb up the beanstalk. And while they're fighting the giant, they pried his toenail up with a crowbar yeah, and my dad saw it and lit, like immediately turns the channel and goes, you're not allowed to watch this or any other of these cartoons. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, that kangaroo cartoon, this one, Beavis and whatever. He said, you can't watch any of them anymore. The kangaroo, yeah, Rock, I, Rocco's Modern Life should have never been on that list because it was great. And do you know who did the theme song? Don't tell me. Was it Weezer? No, 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 no. Do you remember the song Love Shack? Yeah. Who sang Love Shack? The B-52s. Yes. That's who did Rocco's Oh, Mama. that's right. I think I remember hearing about that somewhere. Yeah. So, B-52s. B-52s, that's one that, that's an underappreciated band from the from the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. That's a show episode. Yeah, we got it. For the, for the future. Because I have a few uh, under underappreciated oh. bands that deserve... All the love. We talked about that on a previous episode of Music Unapologetically is like uh-huh. most underappreciated bands. and Underrated. Ma- yeah. Underrated bands. We talked about making an episode, and ironically, the majority of them were from the 90s. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I, I also think that's because that's our era. Yeah. You know, I think if you had if you two, had two old geezers, you know, their underappreciated bands would probably be more from the 60s and 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe that's just because our era. I don't know. Or maybe maybe because the only ones worth actually listening to made it to our generation. Yeah, that's fair. You know. <laughs> did you... Uh, I sent you a, a a documentary to watch. Did you watch it? Which one? The Beastie Boys. I haven't watched it. Have you it. watched it yet? I haven't okay. watched it yet. Well, then this will be a topic for another day, but the Beastie Boys, after watching that... Um, you know, I have a I have a top ten or so of rap groups. Mm-hmm. After watching that uh, documentary mm-hmm. in regards to the Beastie Boys, they have shot up the list. I have a newfound respect and love for the Beastie Boys. Now, previously, mm-hmm. you had Wu Tang as number one. Okay, so previous- and then you swapped Wu Tang out. For Mob Deep. For Mob Deep and put Wu-Tang at two. So now where does Beastie Boys fall? I'd say right behind Wu-Tang or maybe a 2A, 2B situation hmm. because I still love Mob Deep. Yeah. You know, I still, I, you know, they're still on the top of the list. But, yeah, Beastie Boys, because you get, like, when I was younger, it was Bone Thugs, mm-hmm. Outkast mm-hmm. that I loved. And I, I mean, I liked I liked Beastie Boys, um, but just watching the the science and the evolution of the Beastie Boys going from wanting to be a punk band. Did you know this? No. So it makes sense though with their style. Oh, absolutely. So they wanted to be a <clears throat> punk band, 
and they had this girl who drummed for them, and they played the instruments, whatever. And that's when they met up with Russell Simmons. Or, no, they met up with one guy who put them in front of Russell Simmons. And now the guy that they met is one of the biggest, like, hip-hop producers. But I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Hmm. <clears throat> but they had to kick that girl out of the band. And then I want to say she ended up being the drummer for one of the biggest girl bands in the, the cranberries 90s. no it was uh I, I i believe it was garbage really yeah and she ended up going there i'll, I'll have to That's a, I'll, I'll have to fact check that but it was one of the bigger consult the google uh female bands but yeah it was it, it it's a wild documentary that like puts a lot of like knowledge and like oh in your head you know mm-hmm. type thing so you need to check it out for sure well, speaking of like shows and uh-huh. watchings, we have been just enamored with this new ep- new season of Ozark. I haven't even started it. Ugh. Did they? Okay, so let me ask you this: Did they put out? Did they put out all the episodes, or is it? Are they doing it but weekly? No, so they put them all out. But it's okay. season four, part one. Okay, and they haven't put out part two, but part one has like seven episodes. Okay, good. And I also read that they have signed on for a fifth uh, fifth season too. Which makes me even more excited about how season four is going to end because oh, in two episodes, I know there's people that have already watched, but in the two episodes we've watched, dude, new characters already yeah, that are already like screwing stuff up. <laughs> I mean. So wait a minute. Is, is my girl still in it? Uh, his assistant. Oh, Ruth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, oh, good. Her, her role in season four, like how much she was a pivotal player in Marty's empire. How involved she was, yeah. She takes that to another level. Oh, good. She's my favorite character. She's... Like, absolutely. She's, she, she has grown on me. She's, she's a beast. But grown on me like mold, you know? Yeah. Not something I'm excited to talk about, but it's... But if they ever got rid of her, if they got rid of Ruth <laughs> off of Ozark, Goodness. like it... I feel like something would be missing. You know what's in, what's interesting to me is I hadn't seen her in anything else. Uh-huh. And I know she had some other things on her filmography. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what she's in that was like 180 to who she is now? I've seen her filmography. She was in Waco. The that, David Crush story? Yes. Uh-huh. She's in that as one of the sister wives. Mm-hmm. And she plays this docile... Like quiet, quiet little fourteen-year-old sister wife, yeah. and to see her there and here is like her range. To it is night and day to be like this early in her career is yeah. really impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got range like Weezer. Yeah, you know Weezer singing uh, Scrubs, mm-hmm. and you go, man, this is definitely not TLC, but this is definitely an amazing version of this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love, every once in a while you'll see a post pop up. They'll talk about actors with range mm-hmm. and like how the heck could this person do all these things? Yeah. The guy that played Steve the Pirate in okay. Dodgeball. Right. If you pull up. Oh. He was I'm going to pull this up. Okay. He was in A Knight's Tale. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. 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 So let's pull this up because no, this was the one that range. I saw most recently. Uh-huh. <clears throat> God, this cold weather, man. Oh, yeah, dude. So Steve the Pirate. Alan Ray Tudyk. And Alan Tudyk, his filmography is absolutely incredible. So 
he was in Patch Adams. Okay. He played Everton. Yeah. Uh, he was in Knight's Tale. He played Watt. Oh, man. That was a great movie, by he the way. He was the voice of Lenny in Ice Age. Really? Yes. He was Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. Uh-huh. He was Sonny. He was the voice of Sonny in iRobot. Okay. The actual, like, the smart robot? Yeah. He played, and this is just some of them. He played in Ice Age Meltdown. He was Choli. Okay. He was in Knocked Up. Yeah. He was on three ten. He was in three ten to Yuma. I don't remember that one. He was in Astro Boy. I don't remember that one. Tucker versus Dale. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. He was in Transformers. Okay, he was Dutch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was Simon or Simone in Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. He was in that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Okay, yeah. He was in that. He played two different characters. I'm sorry, two. Yeah, two different characters in Ice Age Continental Drift. He was King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. He was the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen. He was in... So apparently he's just got a great voice. Big Hero 6. Because he does voiceovers for... He was in... Yep, he was characters. in Moana. Okay. He was one of the... He was in one of the... He was one of the villagers. Okay. He was in Zootopia. He was in Deadpool 2 as one of the rednecks. Yeah. He was Nosemore from Ralph Breaks the Internet. He was the voice of Iago in Aladdin. Recent Aladdin. Huh. He was in that new movie, Encanto. Okay. And then his TV appearances are twice as much. So it's safe to say that this this gentleman is definitely not being typecasted. No. Like at all. Like if no. we need, he's someone you can just send a script to. Yeah. And have For him, sure. And have him audition no matter what the part is. There was a picture that showed. Awesome. Um, it was like, it, there was a picture that was like a frame of all of his characters. And mm-hmm. it said, you talk about range and it was like 30 different characters. And you're like, holy yeah, crap. That's awesome. One guy. Let's just take a minute to <clears throat> talk about how great a night's tell was underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger was great. Heath Ledger's one of my favorite actors or he was one of my favorite mm-hmm. actors when he was alive and, and acting. I still don't think he was the best joker. Mm, but he played he played a you, gra- listen man mm-hmm. I, I i prefer jack Nic- uh nicholson you know what i mean yeah if we're living in that era right that's the era i grew up in i know but now you got other things to compare it to i mean i would put joaquin phoenix maybe above him Ooh, mm. listen i love batman and i love the batman and joker rivalry i mean i'm not i'm not saying like Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. But here's, I'm talking about like boom, boom, boom. But you got to think about like that's the whole idea of the Joker. Yeah. So like, don't get me wrong, Joaquin Phoenix. That the movie itself, I totally agree with the awards it got. Yeah. No, absolutely. There was he the, did great. That movie, like I walked out of that movie, and I felt like I was a different human being. You felt satisfied. I felt. Like, there was something in my life that changed watching his portrayal of that human being. You know what I thought But Joker is a Batman villain. Right. So, in my opinion, the best villain against Batman version of Joker is Heath Ledger. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm not going to... It's not a topic that I will, like, argue. Mm -hmm. And, like... Well, you should, you little... It's not going to upset me that you prefer Heath Ledger over Jack Nicholson or Joaquin Phoenix. That I mean, it's not going to upset me because Heath Ledger did an amazing job. What if I said Jack Nicholson sucked? 
Well, then, will you I, fight me now? No, I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the kind of like you and me and Whitney Houston. The simple and oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, never going to let it go. She's trash. never going to let it go. It's trash. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of music, a couple of months ago, I sent you a picture, a screenshot. I mean, should we should we introduce this? I feel like that's a whole episode to. I mean, we can to music unapologetically. That's a whole episode. I mean, we're only twenty minutes in. We got a full 40, 45, 50 minutes. Let's fight. I mean, we could talk let's, about this. Let's. Oh, you want to do the top ten? I think you can talk about the rap. No, 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 the no. Rap. That's a whole. That's a whole episode. The so rap I sent, report so I, card. Yeah. So I sent. I sent <laughs> Travis uh, a rap report card that Cool Mo D did back in I want to say the nineties. Yeah. That's a that's a whole episode for another time. But before that, mm-hmm. I sent you the Billboard's uh, top ten greatest of all time artists. Yeah, this was hard to read. And we're gonna we're literally about to tear this thing to shreds because I can see, for in my own opinion, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of these top tens do not belong on this list, hmm. and that's and that's my own personal opinion. You're gonna have probably less than that. Well, you and I, you and I debated about what metrics that they could have used for this. Yeah, because there's definitely not one metric that they used. I, but I, you can see some of the metrics, like like for the Beatles to be on the list where they are. Yeah, they went off record sales. For Mariah Carey to be on the list for where she is, Voice they range. did they did num- either Voice Range or number ones. She's okay. had the most radio top 40 number ones. Right. To have Stevie Wonder on here, probably Is, record sales for a black artist. Or blind. Or blind. Well, <laughs> that's debatable. Ask Shaq. Ask Shaq if Stevie Wonder's blind because... Yo, no. Time out. I, know, I think I know where you're going with this. I have seen a video on YouTube of stories that celebrities are telling that are trying to debunk that he's blind. Shaq was in the parking garage at the apartment that they lived in together, and Stevie was driving his truck yes. through the parking yeah, garage. Yeah, that was one of them. Uh, I think Steve Harvey told a, a story like that, yes. too. Like, I look down out that he's supposed to be on my show. I look out the window, and he's driving my car. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that they caught on um, on camera that's like... Real, they, I think they tried to like hide it. Uh-huh. It was one of those like it was like a VMA or like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Some some event where they had a bunch of artists on stage together, uh-huh. and Stevie's walking across the stage to get to the piano, and there's a cable like a, yes. an electric, and he's and he gets to it and he steps over it, like pauses and steps over it, and then goes to the piano. <laughs> he's a fake, but anyways. <clears throat> let's just go down this list real quick. You want to start at ten? No, we'll just well let's let's start at ten because ten is the first one that shouldn't be on it. Okay, so I mean, I was just gonna read the list and then we'll take off who we want. You do you. Okay, I support you. Thanks, man. That's why I love you. That's why you're the longest standing co-host. <laughs> keep you around. So from from ten to one, okay, it goes Rihanna. Rihanna, God, this list is trash already. Number nine, Whitney Houston. You love her. I hate her. Number eight, Michael Jackson. Definitely. Here's here's where it gets real stupid. Yeah. Number seven, ahead of her brother, Mm-mm. Janet Jackson. Mm. 
That's you know why? Questionable. Because she showed more nipples than he did. I'd rather see his nipples. Anyways, yeah. Uh, number six, Stevie Wonder. Number five, Mariah Carey. Number four, Elvis Presley. Number three, Elton John. Number two, Madonna. And number one, the Beatles. Now, when I first sent you this list, there was one glaring omission that literally made my blood boil. Salon Dijon. No, close. Freddie Mercury. Now, this list was top 10 greatest all-time artists. Right. So, if that were the case, and it was a true artist's, then I would have said, before seeing the list, that Freddie should be on it. Right. And then if they said no, I'd say, okay, well, maybe because they're thinking Queen. But then you got the Beatles. Then you got the Beatles. So, I'm like, okay, now you... But even so, throw Queen on there. I agree. Queen's one of the most iconic, greatest rock bands to ever be on the earth. So I think the way that first things first is to say the top 10 greatest artists and have a band on there. Right. Like what is your metric? Like what what is your right. what is your category? What is your true category? What is your metric that you're using to measure? Because Freddie that man sang 8 octaves. Yeah. You know who's the only other artist to sing 8 octaves? No. She's on the list. Mariah Carey. And she doesn't belong on the list, by the way. So here's the, yeah. here, here's the seven that I would take off. Okay. Okay. I would take the Beatles off for okay. sure. I hate the Beatles. I would take Madonna off. I would take uh, Mariah off for sure. I would take Stevie off for sure. I would take Janet Jackson off for sure. I would take Whitney Houston off for sure. And I would take Rihanna off for sure. Leaving Elton John, Elvis, and Michael Jackson. Now, how Michael Jackson is number eight on this list... He should be one or two, arguably. I see that. I was going to say a bare minimum top three. Top, Yeah, he has to be top three. Now, if I was making my own list, uh, I would definitely have Queen or Freddie Mercury number one. I just think the, the showmanship oh, yeah. uh, and the range that he had, you can't. You, you can't have anybody below him. Mm-hmm. Now, in my own... Personal uh, greatest artist, I would have Chris Cornell probably number one, and then Freddie right behind him. But for the sake of that's just my own personal opinion, mm-hmm. and not everybody uh, is on the Chris Cornell uh, bandwagon that I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll keep Freddie at number one. Yeah, you know, I think if looking at this list and, and trying to think through like what thought process. I would, if I really sat down, this wasn't like a rapid fire top 10, but I really sat Mm -hmm. down and put some deep thought into it. The first thing that came into my head while you were talking about these artists was who is irreplaceable and who is, who has, and or who have people tried to emulate. Okay. Right. So like, so that just popped another name. So when I think of, like I think about the Beatles, I know you and I don't see eye down the Beatles. I just think for what they did. And the impact they had, there'll never be another Beatles or people that tried to copy and did terribly at it. But there's right? also, okay, so to, so, that, to that point. There and, their, is, and their discography is massive. Okay, their discography is massive, but there is uh, an, uh, a joke or two 
the Batman with the Beatles, and that's the Monkeys. The, the Monkeys were very successful. They were very successful, and they were and they were great. I would so I would listen to the Monkeys before I listen to the Beatles. Uh, so I like the Beatles. Madonna, Madonna to me, every generation has a Madonna, right? That artist that's a little like on the fringe that people you know that some. Elvis, Elvis was the generation before with the right. hips swinging on the Ed Sullivan show. Everybody that was conservative freaked out. Then you had El- Madonna was the 80s. And then you had Miley Cyrus was the 2000s Madonna. Right. So to me, Madonna doesn't need to be on there. Can I make a, can I make a statement real sure. quick uh, to see if you agree with it? Oh, I had his name just in my... He would have been the king of rock and roll had he not died. Chuck Berry. Yeah. No, 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 not Chuck Berry. His name's got to come back to me. You think. Uh, yeah, you talk, I'll think. So, Mariah, the only reason why I believe that she would make this list is because how many number ones she had on the radio. Right. I don't think she's one of the greatest artists, but again, different metrics. Stevie Wonder, great, doesn't need to be on here. Because I personally think that Ray Charles is better than Stevie Wonder. Agree. Black pianist. I absolutely agree. 100%. Janet Jackson, get out of here. Michael Jackson, absolutely. Whitney yeah. Houston, Absolutely. Rihanna, not even close. Buddy Holly. Oh, yeah, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly would have been the king of rock and roll had he not died in that plane crash. Mm-hmm. And Elvis would have been kind of just a afterthought to Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly was great. Yeah. What's but I with do, these I, homies dissing my girl? <laughs> I do agree with Freddie Mercury. I mean, you know how much I love Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, I, if, if you made a top five... With the ones that were left and who we would add, I think it'd be very easy. We'd have you and I may have one difference. Michael Jackson, in no particular order. Right. Michael Jackson. I would say Whitney Houston, you wouldn't. I would say Beatles, you wouldn't. I would say Queen and you would too. And then fifth, uh, Celine Dion. That's a curveball for sure. With the with Celine Dion. So when you said irreplaceable, mm-hmm. okay. Uh I would definitely have one name popped into my head, but now it would definitely have to be a A B mm-hmm. situation, and that would be Kurt Cobain, okay, and Lane Staley, okay, Lane Staley of Allison Chains, of yeah. course. Uh, nobody has done it like them since them. Both have passed, you know, way too early. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> even when you talk about the grunge music, uh, and you have Eddie Vedder, mm-hmm. they didn't sound like they didn't sound like Nirvana or Alice in Chains. Uh, they they definitely weren't as good. Uh, you have Chris Cornell who has the range mm-hmm. to hit the notes and and do the music like uh, like Nirvana and Alice in Chains, but mm-hmm. he went in a couple of different directions. Uh, I like that 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 we called. Uh, well, no, it was. Um, what was his first band? Um, Black Hole Sun. Soundgarden. Soundgarden is considered grunge, but doesn't sound anything like Nirvana or Alice in Chains, who were the big, right, right. the big names of grunge. Then he went on to Audio Slave and sounded just like a completely different alternative band, which is awesome. You know, so irreplaceable when you say that. Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley. But nobody really appreciates Lane Staley like they should, so I'll just take him off and add Kurt Cobain to my list. So it, it would definitely be Freddie, uh, Elvis, Elton John for sure. Mm-hmm. I love Elton John. 
uh, Chris Cornell, and I'll say Kurt Cobain. And see what like what makes this list hard is, you know, you say greatest artists, right? Irreplaceable, you know, some like they they did their own thing that no one could reproduce, right? Right. A lot of who we just mentioned, aside from Elton, were singers, right? That was it, right? But if we keep Elton, now we got to bring Jimmy into the the conversation. Because Jimi Hendrix played a guitar like no one else. The only person that's ever come close to matching it is Stevie Ray Vaughan. And even Stevie Ray Vaughan couldn't quite, he didn't quite get... Stevie Ray Vaughan was a cleaner, more crisp Jimi Hendrix. Yes, he was a radio version. Right. He was was definitely the crisp, cleaner versions. I agree with that. But like, I feel like when you look at some artists, you have to think about almost like, like actual painters and artists from like back in the day right who no one appreciated to the extent we do now what they did until after they're gone right like if jimmy wouldn't have died at such a young age right would we talk about what he did to the extent that he did right because okay so i i don't think Jimi hendrix is the greatest guitarist ever who do you think is i think it's Dwayne allman Dwayne allman I think I agree with you to a point because Dwayne Allman also taught many other right. guitarists who we revere. But I, but I, but he he's passed away, and so we talk about him mm-hmm. being great. Mm-hmm. Jimmy has passed away, and we talk about how great he is, possibly the greatest. But there's also a gar- guitarist that's still alive that we don't talk about right now, and maybe because it is. He's still alive. He still does dabble in the music, and that's uh, Jimmy Page. Yeah. I think Jimmy Page is much better than Jimi Hendrix. Led Zeppelin, for those who don't know who Jimmy Page is. But, but do you hear his name brought up? No. Like when you're talking about greatest guitars ever, you're talking about Jimi Hendrix passed away. You're talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away. You're talking about Dwayne Allman passed away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe like, maybe fifty years from now, right? And it's the whole it's the whole when a rapper dies, all of a sudden he's a legend. But I've never heard of this guy like yeah. like Pop Smoke. Yeah, he's a legend. Who is he? I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. But now I will say, and I've had this conversation with Katie, and you and I have commiserated on like this generation of rappers. Uh-huh. There was one artist. In the last, like, that got bigger, you know, aside from like Kendrick and, and, uh, you know, Joyner Lucas and some of these other guys, but there was one guy that kind of, kind of fell into that like trap rap mumble, mumble jumble that I did like. Okay. And it was Pop Smoke. Was it? His voice and his style just like, and, and he had, I'll tell you, he had a great producer too, because okay. his beats were unique, much different than, like some of the other stuff, so, but then his his voice was just so different. Like he didn't have that. He had a very deep, very like, like almost like a DMX deep. Yeah, but like very New York. Do you know who I'm becoming a fan of? And I and I don't say this often about these new generation rappers. Huh. Dax. Yeah. Yeah. He did that Grinch rap over Christmas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he you sent did, me that. I love that. He just put out a new rap that's paying homage to some of the legends. And I just, I like his flow. But in regards to these hip-hop artists who are passing away, I give them a fair shot. After they pass away, I go and I listen to their music. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that all the ones that I have listened to recently, and I say recently in the past few years, 
I haven't I haven't enjoyed. Yeah, uh, I, I tried to give Dolph a listen, trash to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to give Pop Smoke a listen. I didn't like it. Juice, you, what did you listen to? I don't even remember. I listened to three or four songs, and I just was not into it. And, and and when I say I listen to these songs, I pull up Spotify or Apple Music, and I put the I put the most popular ones on. So I'm, I'm not going to play this song, but I'm going to see what Spotify has as okay. Pop Smoke's number one, and see if if I, in my opinion, I feel like if you gave it a fair shake. All right, so you looked that up. Uh, I listened to Juice World after he passed away, and he's way too depressing for me. Okay, so okay, go ahead. The first two songs that pop up: What You Know About Love. Okay. Don't like it. Okay. For the night, featuring Lil Baby and Da Baby. Don't like it. Uh, I think I listened to that one. But and it's Dior, those two clowns. Dior, this one, just. So what? So turn that turn that off, and I'll I'll put a I'll put a loop on there. Uh, but but that song and um, Dior and Invincible. Okay, those two songs I loved. I'll give them a listen. Now, one thing I will give these these new rappers today is their beats are pretty. Are pretty fire. Mm. Like like one rapper in particular, I love Twenty One Savage beats. Yeah, but then he starts rapping and I turn it off. You know, I just I, mean? I love the story behind him being this hard, hard whatever, and then like he's getting deported back to England. Yeah, he's a gangster in <laughs> England, I guess. But he's the such a, bra- Scott, Scott, Scott. He's such a wait, Iggy. <laughs> no, there <was> that, <laughs> that guy that was like a he, a fake rapper, but he played this persona. He's the guy that was on the radios, and he's like, "You look, and you look uh, tintillating." And she's like, "Define it." He's like, "Define what?" And like tintillating. He's like, "You define it." And he said, "You said it." <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> so Twenty One Savage to me has great beats, but then he starts rapping, and he's real lazy. Yeah, with his with his rap, almost like a, almost like a lazy monotone flow, and I can't kind of like designer. I can't get into it. I don't, I don't. You know, designer. I mean, I know I, I've heard. Timmy, him, Timmy, Timmy Turner. Timmy put a put a burner. Kill anybody wanna. But he did the panda. So, so who are your favorite guitarists? If you had to make a top five, mm, could you do it? Yes. Okay, go for it. BB uh, King. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Number one. No, no, no. Just oh, okay. in any okay. order. BB King. I would say John Mayer, but John Mayer. Is gets a nod from BB King, and his style is very reminiscent of BB King. Yeah, uh, definitely Jimmy. Jimmy, and not and this is not like I'm, I'm over here like verbally filleting Jimmy. I like Jimmy because <laughs> because I just got what you said. He okay. played in his own tuning, right? Which no, like there was no there was no reasoning behind it. It was what sounded right to him. Right. He also played a right-handed Strat, left-handed. Right. Well, that's how he learned. Right, because all he could afford right. was that one guitar. So Jimmy, because of the uniqueness and what he can make a guitar sound like, okay, um, definitely uh, Dwayne Allman. Dwayne Allman for sure, without a doubt. Um, Eddie Vedder, really? Yep, just because he was the first one to come in and do, um, uh, to do the the hammer, the hammering on the pull off hammer on the the you tapping. Would pick, okay, so you would pick Eddie Vedder before Jimmy Page. I don't know if I'd say before. Okay. What? The, well, you said you said Eddie Vedder before you said Jimmy Page. You haven't even said Jimmy Page yet. So, 
I mean, it's fair. This is your own. Car- Carlos Santana for sure. Okay. And actually, take out both of the ones I said, both the Eddies. Okay. Eric Clapton. Okay. All right, I can live with that list. Only because Eric Clapton, his impact, no matter where he went. Did you did you say Stevie Ray? No, I left Stevie Ray out. Oh wow! Okay. Only because he's a cleaner. Exactly. He's a Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. So mine would go Dwayne Allman. Mm-hmm. It would go Jimmy Page. Okay. And this is in order. In order. Okay. Dwayne Allman, Jimmy Page, uh, Mark Knopfler. Okay. Uh, he's um, Dire Straits guitarist mm-hmm. um and then i would go stevie ray <clears throat> and i used to put tom morello there in number five uh but i've taken i I'm, I'm taking him out and i'm going to put in one of the later replacements for Dwayne almond in the almond brothers mm-hmm. in warren haynes okay Warren Haynes also has a band called Government Mule. Okay. That is, have you ever heard them? Yes. They're freaking amazing. One, one thing to, to asterisk on this list mm-hmm. is that all these guys play electric guitar of some sort. Right. Right. If we were to take those five out okay. and say across all music uh-huh. and, inc- and, and give... And you can and give credence to An acoustic. acoustic guitar players, then my opinion of who is the top three ever uh-huh. is Andy McKee. From? He's Andy McKee. He's, a, he's, just, he's an acoustic guitarist that plays... Like, he doesn't sing. He just plays. So... And his music is... It's unbelievable what this man can do with a guitar. If I'm, go, if I'm doing that and, and, and picking an acoustic guitar and putting them up there, I'm going Tim Reynolds... Okay, because he can do weird things with an acoustic guitar as mm-hmm. well, and I love it. But Tim Reynolds is great. Andy Key's the guy that I played you that version of Toto on the acoustic okay. guitar. Okay. What about drummers? I feel like there's a top three list. There's a top three list, and it's got the same name three times. No, it's not Neil Pert three times. Neil Pert, Neil Pert, Neil Pert. No, it's not. Stop it. Neil Pert is is number one or two. No, he's clearly number one. He okay. That's he is, there is undoubtedly debatable because because I could put Beaufort Carter on there too as a number one. Buddy Love could go up there. Lars Ulrich. <laughs> okay, so we hate Lars Ulrich because he's just a jerk, but the man can play guitar. You mean drums? Drums, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, if I mean. we're gonna put Lars Ulrich, then we need to put. Um, Phil Collins. Man, I take Phil Collins off because of that in the air. <laughs> you mean the greatest, <laughs> the greatest break in drumming history? The, well, yeah. And all I could do, all I could, all I could see right now is that is that pastor or whatever or whoever he was banging on that fat girl's titties in the church. You know, at the during the. <laughs> See, when I think, all I think about is Mike Tyson knocking out <laughs> Allen. <laughs> my favorite part of phone right here. But like that song, great, that song has put has been put in the background of some iconic videos. There was a video of a deer walking through somebody's yard, and it gets stuck in their kid's little playground plastic, like little tykes, uh-huh. and it's stomping through the the plastic. It's like, it's like. 
There was like, also there was also a kid on a skateboard. Yes, going down the hill, and he hit the, the trash can. The trash can. Yeah, uh, in the uh, in that part of the drum solo. I I I I argue Neil Pert because like Buddy Love played a very unique style that was very difficult. He played. He played jazz, it was speed jazz, and the guy was able to do drum, like, he had speed in the hands that was, like, there was no one else that's ever made it. And if you've ever seen the movie um, uh, with uh, J.K. Simmons, the drum movie. Um, Drumline? No, not Drumline. It was, <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with the name. Idiot! <laughs> exactly. So they try to mimic this one style, right? Every drummer from 1970 and later, if you ask every mainstream drummer, who are your top three influences, every one of them would have Neil in their top three. I mean, that's fine, but he's not standing alone up there. <laughs> he's not. He's got company, and it's and it's Beaufort Carter, Carter Beaufort. You need to. Okay, listen, man. I know, I know. We all laugh at Dave Matthews Band. Okay, I know we do. I appreciate them as musicians, but if you go listen to some of these live albums, Beaufort Carter's doing things. Okay, so if you're gonna put that type of drummer in, but what? Why? Why does t- the type of? Why does that matter? Well, I'm saying like what Jonathan Moffat. You know who he was a drummer for? No. Michael Jackson. Okay. That man had... You know who had a great drummer? And it, and it, was, and it was a large woman? Hmm. Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. She was Kid badass. Kid Rock had a... She was badass. Yeah, she was good. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that. Anyways. Man, we could probably go all day on greatest, 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 mm-hmm. greatest. What's going, on, what's going on in sports right now? <clears throat> Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger retired. Yeah. Old Tommy B. Missing a Super Bowl for the... Well, they're talking about him retiring. That's what I hear. Aaron Rodgers, who knows where he's going. Man, I hope he goes to Philly. Yeah? That would be awesome to get two or three years out of Aaron Rodgers in Philadelphia. Do you think he still wants to play? But I think he... He said he wants to play, but he does not want to be part of a rebuilding process. He wants to go to a winner for sure. But then they said he wants to go to Denver. What? Hmm. Now, they got some good receivers in Denver. They definitely have Jerry L. Judy, which is going to be great for him. Hmm. But, I mean, when you talk about Philadelphia, I mean, they've got, a, they've got wide receivers and tight ends and running backs to slip Aaron Rodgers right into. And, Do you think Green Bay will franchise him, though? Uh, now that he's on the, you know, he's on the cusp. Here's the thing about that franchise. I think Aaron Rodgers is to a point where if you franchise me, I'm cool sitting out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who's his big receiver that he? Devontae Adams. Because I feel like, and he's I, a free agent. Well, I was talking. I was talking to my buddy Nick last night, who is like, when I say he's a Packers fan, this man is from Baraboo, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. He goes to games every year from Texas. Yeah. And he was saying that from what he's seen and read is that Aaron Rodgers had made it very clear that he won't go anywhere without him. Interesting. Yeah. And I think, I think Devontae is a free agent. 
So there you go. So, it's like a Brady Grunt. Oh, man. That'd be amazing in Philadelphia. Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, Dallas Godert. I got two good running backs in Sanders and uh, Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They've got a defense that's really good. Man, they would be Super Bowl contenders. How about some of the our hometown boys from with, day one with Pop reaching the most regular season wins? Listen, man, I I want Pop to get that record in, and I want him to go away. Two of us. I, I his I, his politics annoy me. Just coach. Yeah. And I can't believe they let Becky go. The game of basketball has passed Greg Popovich up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like the the what the NBA is is not how Greg Popovich coaches. Yeah. So it's it. I mean, it's time for him to go. And if I never hear a word out of his mouth for the rest of my life, it'll be too soon. It'd be way too soon. I just I I still can't believe that after all of the build up to Becky becoming like the first, you know, permanent standing NBA female yeah. coach for her to then go to the WNBA. Like, I think she'll be back though. I think this is Becky going to get the experience because she was a finalist for the Portland job this year. Yeah. Ultimately they gave it to Chauncey Billups probably because number 1 she was a woman. And Chauncey played in the NBA, yeah. you know, type thing. However, I think she goes to the WNBA, get that head coaching pressure, stress, get all that, you know, under her belt, mm-hmm. and then she'll be back with the Spurs when when Pop retires. Because I've heard, I've literally heard three names once Pop retires, and it's Becky's, Timmy, and Manu. I've heard Manu more than Timmy because Timmy, after like when he took that assistant coaching job, mm-hmm. left and expressed interest in not or expressed not having no interest, interest in, yeah. in coaching. Right, and, and I don't blame him. I feel like at least now. I feel like man. I feel like if I had the career Tim Duncan had in the NBA, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm not saying that he is underappreciated, <laughs> but when you start throwing out names like Kevin Garnett was better than him, and this person was better than him, and that. Get me as far away from the NBA as possible. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're literally going to disrespect me like that, they even said they even said at one point Anthony Davis does Tim Duncan better than Tim Duncan did Tim Duncan. Get me as far away from that NBA as possible when you're disrespecting Tim Duncan like that. Anthony Davis Anthony Davis couldn't do Tim Duncan's laundry. All I hear when I see headlines like that, all I all I can hear in the back of my head is, "We need a new headline stat. We got our impressions to, are down. Yeah, come up with something. Click. That, give me give me something, something that people are going to click on. Get exactly. angry about. Give me some clickbait that'll get me some reactions. Type. Thing. I mean, it's the same thing. Like when Scotty, you know, Scotty's quote got so ripped up. Like, you know, he was better than Michael. Like Scotty doesn't you really think that Scotty believes he was better than Michael? He knows he was the number two man. If Scotty was better than Michael, the Houston Rockets would have never won those two championships while Michael Jordan was out playing baseball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but here's the thing. The crazy thing about the statement I just made is 
the Houston Rockets didn't even play the Bulls in the finals. So Scotty's not even taking these these teams to the finals. He's getting beat in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern Conference playoffs by I think I, I, I want to say he got beat by the Pacers one year and he got beat by the Magic the next year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're better than Michael Jordan, you're winning those finals, but you didn't even make it to the finals. So Scottie Pippen can kick rocks with those. <laughs> and and here's the thing. That, that seems I don't know if he I don't know if he actually said it to the extent that the clickbait articles. I want to read his book. Okay. Because supposedly the book like says it like it like he feels it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to read the book. I may do that. But what this has done is it has it has portrayed Michael Jordan as this super villain. So now all you're hearing is how Michael Jordan is this horrible teammate, super villain, da da da. That's why LeBron is the goat. Which because that 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 lends to the culture we're in right now. This PC, I got to make everybody feel good culture. Right. So you got a guy who is. Who is a staunch competitor? Yeah, like cares nothing about anything but winning, being the best. Like if you lose, you're not good enough. Like you're my teammate, but you better be with me. And all of a sudden now, that's villainized. Right. That mindset of we are the best and only the best, and you know what the rest. Like now all of a sudden that's bad. So you got to be competitive, but you got to be a sweetheart about it. Man. I'm so bored with LeBron James, and I'm so bored with the Lakers because it seems like every week these pansies that play for the Lakers, I'm seeing videos of them getting fans in other cities kicked out of games because they said mean things to me. You hurt my feelings. Right. So LeBron did it. Then Russell Westbrook did it. Mm -hmm. Just the other night, Carmelo did it Mm -hmm. because these people are saying mean things about me. Listen. And I'll be 100% honest with me. We're with you right now. If I'm making multi-millions of dollars playing a child's game for a living, you can sit in whatever seat you want. You can say whatever it is you want about my mama, my son. You can say whatever it is you want about anybody in my life. Cool. But what do you do for a living? I could buy some really fancy earbuds. You know what I mean? And block you. <laughs> I play basketball for a living, and I'm a multi-millionaire. What you have to say about me. And you paid to come and watch me do it. You paid to come see me. You came, you paid to see the Lakers because I play for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So you can say whatever it is you want. But you just paid part of my paycheck. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. So these guys out in LA are, are super soft. They're they're pansies for Speaking sure. of LA, I saw something cool that, you know, I think we both can see some like ah, that's the serendipity behind it, right? Okay. So the other day was the two year or twenty four month anniversary mm-hmm. of Kobe passing away. Going to the the championship in the sky. Yeah. The Lakers at the day that he was the 24-month, two-year anniversary. Uh-huh. The Lakers were 24 and 24, and they were in the eighth seed. Hmm. I just thought that was, that was pretty cool. The world works in mysterious ways, man. 
It, the world is, is funny like that. I don't like to read into it because it freaks me out. But <laughs> uh, Oh, also this week, I don't know how big into baseball you are, mm-hmm. but Barry Bonds was left out of the Hall of Fame. He is now no longer eligible to be put into the Hall of Fame. You know who else got left out? Roger Clemens. Yes. So during this whole week, I'm, you know I'm big on baseball. Um, and my view is put the cheaters in, okay, because the cheaters, there, there was a whole era of cheaters in baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was, right, it was right after the strike in the 90s mm-hmm. when Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, they all started bringing and steroids. And- right, they started bringing steroids into the game. But there's a whole era. So you cannot tell the story of baseball from the beginning to the present and leave those those years that you can't do it. Well, that's that's the same as saying like we'll keep Babe Ruth in there before integration. Uh, right. Okay, so right, absolutely. Like uh we did an episode a few weeks ago with my buddy Josh and that was the point he brought up. If you're going to leave these this part out, you can't you know you can't bring these people in you know type of thing mm-hmm. and 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 he brought up the negro leagues mm-hmm. you had people playing in the negro leagues that probably would have been better than any player that that played oh for sure in the mlb look at jackie team. robinson when he came in jackie robinson satchel page supposedly had close to 100 no hitters did you see the stat about aaron Rodgers? Uh, or not aaron Rodgers? um uh frank uh hank aaron no i didn't if they if you took out his 755 home runs he still had more hits than Babe Ruth and uh, whoever was number two, Joe, Joe DiMaggio. Whoever. So the top two hitters, uh-huh. if you took out Hank Aaron's home runs, right. he still had more hits so, than these guys. <laughs> and there was another stat that came out after they left Barry Bonds out. If you took – I'm trying to think of who they compared him to. Oh, it's David Ortiz because David Ortiz got in. He got in, yep. But David Ortiz was on the Mitchell Report as well as a cheater. Why? For steroids. Was he popped? When he went, when he went from, I want to say, Toronto to Boston. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. But anyways, if you take, if you take all 700 and whatever of Barry Bonds' home runs and you turn them into outs, mm-hmm. he still has a higher on-base percentage than David Ortiz. By really? Like, by like four points. Wow. That's, that's, that's wild. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, I don't like Barry Bonds. I, 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 I was a Ricky Henderson guy back when in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was team Ricky Henderson. But Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the wing of the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. that notifies him or puts him in as a cheater. He cheated. But here's here's my here's my whole like beef with with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was a forty home run, forty steals guy. He was a Hall of Famer before he went to the Giants as mm-hmm. a Pittsburgh Pirate. Mm-hmm. Bonds was already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So why you take it away? Why you start injecting yourself with steroids? to to amplify your stats at that age when you're already going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean it, it was competitive, man. Competitive advantage. 
And so him not getting in is upsetting. It's not upsetting, but he but here's here's my theory on why he didn't get in. Once he went to and I don't know how he was when he was with Pittsburgh, but once he got to San Francisco, he was a jerk to the media. Oh, for sure. He was a, he was an absolute a-hole to the media. The people who are essentially voting you into the Hall of Fame. Right. And I can almost 100% confidently guarantee you that was in a lot of their minds. Mm -hmm. Man, he did this to me Mm -hmm. back in 1998. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm letting him in. He's not getting my vote because he said this to me, you know, type thing. It's funny you brought up uh, um, Big Poppy. Uh Dustin Pedroia was doing, uh, they were doing like a little panel, you know, talking about Ortiz's selection. Uh And uh, Dustin Pedroia said, the the caption for the video was uh david ortiz didn't know my name <laughs> and they had been playing together for like 18 years yeah or whatever and uh this rookie comes in and starts talking to dustin and poppy walks over to him he says what did he call you he's like dustin he's like why do he call you that <laughs> he's like because it's my name <laughs> and poppy's like oh, oh. <laughs> didn't know his own name okay but before we move on from baseball, or before we get any further into baseball, however right. this goes, I have to give some love. Okay. Give a shout out to my buddy, Jacob Coates. Okay. From San Antonio. Okay. This kid is the hardest working kid that I've ever seen in baseball. Played at a small college. Okay. Big old boy. Like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, big old boy. And in college, he was throwing like low 90s. Okay. You know? Um, came home for the summer and he trained at the same facility, the cheer facility is. Okay. And we struck up a really great friendship and his family's amazing. And over the summer he, you know, we just with some of the, the sports performance stuff that he and I had kind of talked about and played with, he put in more work than I think I've ever seen an athlete put in. And we talked so many times about like what he wanted to do. And he's like, I want to play pro ball, I want to play pro ball. And this kid lived and breathed training. Okay. He worked out every day, worked on his mechanics, his nutrition was on point, everything. He did everything right. And we talked, we said, Hey man, all it is is a matter of the right eyeball seeing you. Yeah. Because you're doing Absolutely. you're doing the right things. And he just got signed with the Astros. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, man. So what big shout out, big shout out, Jacob Coates. Jacob Coates. Big Jake. Um, a minor league deal or what? Yeah, he got a minor league deal. He'll be going to, uh, he, he thinks that they're going to send him to North Carolina. Okay. To play with their team there. Okay. Um, but he heads off to uh, to training, spring training here. He got a spring very training soon. He'll, he'll go down to uh, South Florida. Heck yeah. And do some spring training. That's but, awesome. But he, uh, he feels, based on what the scouts and people have been talking to him about and like where he's growing and what he's doing now, is that he thinks that. If he makes the jump, it should be in like the next three years. Oh, nice. Well, good for him. Yeah, man. Yeah, congratulations to him. One last thing I want to say in regards to baseball uh, and Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wasn't a Roger Clemens fan. I, I, I mean, he's one of the best. But respect the way he handled being left out of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw his comment. Mm-hmm. But I'm paraphrasing here. But essentially he said, I stopped caring about the Hall of Fame or getting into the Hall of Fame 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's how long you stay on a ballot. Yeah. You've got 10 tries, 10 years. He goes, I stopped caring 10 years ago. I didn't play baseball to make the Hall of Fame. I played baseball to support my family. Because it's what I was good at. 
Right. Yeah. It was what I was good at. It's it was able to afford me opportunities for my family, mm-hmm. you know, to do the things that we've been able to do and continue to be able to do. And he goes, and it put me in the community. You know, wherever I was at, it put me in the community to better the community I was in. Right. That's why I played baseball. And Absolutely. He goes, I don't care about the Hall of Fame. And that was his statement. So, props to Roger Clemens. I think, I think he's a top five pitcher of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really liked him. I wasn't a fan of him because he played for Boston. I hate the Red Sox. He played for the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. So... You know, uh, but funny story in regards to Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember back in the 90s when the Mets played the Yankees in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know you know who Mike Piazza is. Very well. So Mike Piazza was the Mets catcher at the time. They're playing in the World Series. Uh, Mike Piazza hits a ball, and it shatters his bat. And part of the bat goes toward the mound, toward Roger Clemens. I remember that. Yeah. He picks it up, and he throws it in Mike Piazza's uh, direction. Total jerk move. Piazza doesn't know what's going on or why he would do that, whatever. But in the moments after that World Series, the Yankees ended up winning, Mike Piazza learned Kung Fu. Do you know why he learned Kung Fu? Hmm. To beat up Roger Clemens. He literally, the only reason he learned Kung Fu was to beat up Roger Clemens. That's hilarious. That is one of the best baseball stories. That's ever. hilarious. Mike Piazza is a gem. I think I had a Piazza rookie card. Man, have. I used to collect baseball cards when I was a kid, and I remember I had like a handful of Piazza cards, and I want to say I had his rookie card. I had a bun- I had like Robin Ventura's rookie card, uh-huh. Mike Piazza's rookie card. I had I've a bunch a, of these guys. I've got a I've got a few Tim Duncan rookie cards somewhere. I've got to locate them. Mm-hmm. But the the ease of getting autographs these days, I should just carry them around with me mm-hmm. in the chant. And they're in hard cases. Yeah. You know, just for the simple chance that I might run into a Tim Duncan. Because I've run into George Gervin a lot. I've run into uh, Avery Johnson a lot. I've run into um, uh, Sean Elliott a lot. Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott and I ran into each other at an HEB. Yeah. So or no, Bruce, no, Bruce Buffer. Or not Bruce, Bruce Buffer. UFC. Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen. Yeah. Ran into him at HEB. So I've never ran into him, but uh, the last time I ran into George Gervin, mm-hmm. he cut in front of me at Subway. And it made me so mad. Like, at the, at the, uh, I was a lot younger mm-hmm. at the time. And so that, that was kind of in my hot, hot head days. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't care who this is. I'm starving. I want my sandwich. But then it made me feel stupid because all he did was went and bought cookies, and then he left. I'm not gonna wait for in line behind a couple of people getting sandwiches just to get you know cookies. a dozen cookies. Yeah. I'm gonna walk up and get the yeah. cookies too. Now I was at I was at HEB checking out, and the I was putting my stuff on the the conveyor belt, and I kept noticing the girl checking the person out in front of me. Kept looking behind me, uh-huh. and I could sense someone was behind me, but like you know, just gonna turn and face somebody face to face. Right. So when I go to my stuff gets to her. She's checking me out, but she's looking yeah. behind me. And so I'm so finally big, like, okay. Yeah. Like, so I turn and look, and uh, I'm looking at a chest. Yeah. yeah. And then I look up, <laughs> and he looks down at me, and he's like, what's up, man? I was like, oh, hey, Bruce. And turn, <laughs> just turn around and 
So, you know, he, he was a great three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. This is when I actually followed the Spurs. He was a great three-point shooter. And the only reason he was a great three-point shooter was because we, we got him in a trade or something from the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't a shooter in Miami. Right. He was a defensive specialist. Really? And so, yeah, he couldn't shoot in Miami. All he did was he was guarding their best player. And he got to San Antonio and Pop told him, listen, we love your defense, but you, you got to figure something out. Mm -hmm. You, you got to figure something out on the offensive side. And so they said he trained and trained and trained that corner three and became one of the, one of the best three-point shooters in those years with the Spurs hmm. because Pop said, you're, you're not just here to play defense. Did not know you, that. You, you have to do something on offense. That's so, cool. That's so cool. that was pretty cool. The first time I ran into uh, or I met Tim Duncan – I was probably 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. I was working at Baskin Robbins. And uh, Baskin Robbins milkshake machine was just like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. After a certain time, it broke. Right. Okay. And it didn't really break. It was just a nuisance to clean. Right. Uh, and so at about 9.15, 9.30, I would have that thing clean. And, in, and if anybody, I didn't care who you were, I told my dad I wasn't going to make him a milkshake one time. And because it was clean already. Yeah. And it didn't visibly upset my dad, but my mom told me later, like, you you hurt your dad's feelings. Like, not doing that you for jerk. him. You know, absolutely jerk. Like, I feel... Validated, but jerk. Yeah, but so anyways, it's... it's we closed at 10. It's 9.55. I'm in the back cleaning... And I hear the bell ring mm -hmm. from the front door. The dude I was working with came in to the back where I was cleaning and goes, hey, can you help the guy that just walked in? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, you're up there. You help him. He goes, he goes no. Like, and, he, and he was the lead. He was, yeah. the, he was in charge. He goes, no, I'm telling you to come up here and help him. He, want, he wanted to give you the experience. And he was younger than I was. And okay. so I looked at him and I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm back here cleaning. I'm going to finish cleaning. We're going to lock up and we're going to go home. We're going to be out of here on time. He goes, well, we're not going to be out of here on time, but you're going to want to come help this guy. So come help this guy. And so I was like, oh, dude. So I put my apron back on and I walked to the front. And as soon as I get into eye, you know, where I can see him, there is this humongous man at the door with his back to me. He's looking out the glass door. <clears throat> to his Ferrari, mm -hmm. his silver, beautiful Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And I look at the car and I go, this, this is somebody. You know what I mean? And so he turns around as Tim Duncan and his wife. And I'm like, oh. And so I look at Robbie, who I was working with, and I said, thank you. <laughs> so Shout this, out to Robbie for giving so, me that. Yeah, so this man, this dude, Tim Duncan, literally we had this little cooler of the pre-packed quartz and pints. Yeah, yeah. Emptied it out. Okay. Emptied it like I we we had those big paper bags, mm -hmm. and it probably took three or four of those. He emptied, he emptied cleaned it, it out, out, cleaned it out, wanted it all, and then he goes, "I need three mint chocolate chip milkshakes," and I went, like inside I died, outside I said, "Oh yeah, whatever you want." Went and made his milkshake. We were there cleaning up. So your dad means like, less to you than Tim Duncan does. <laughs> Listen, man. I feel like that's the, the underlying foundation of this story is Tim Duncan means more to you than your father. Oh, that's not true. And we are literally... 
Tim Duncan's ice cream needs mean are, more to you than your father. We're literally five <laughs> days past the three-year anniversary of my dad passing away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that probably wasn't good stories to tell right now. I think now we should, I feel like it's an even bigger jerk. I think next episode we should have a milkshake in your dad's honor. Yeah, let's do it. Nah, but not, uh, no, my dad wouldn't get mint, mint chocolate chip. I, hate, I can't do mint chocolate. It's okay, my cool. least favorite. Like I'm, I'm down to, to drink a milkshake next episode. I think we should do it. In honor of Don Walker. Yes, sir. Uh, but, yeah, that was, the, that was the first time I, I met Tim Duncan, and he was super cool. Uh, but I had never seen anybody rack up two hundred dollar bill at a Baskin Robbins in my life. Well, it's like Shaq, you know, holds the record for the largest purchase at Walmart. Oh, really? He has like a thirty thousand dollars. Oh, that's wild. When he moved to Phoenix, he had nothing in his apartment, and he went to Walmart, and in one foul swoop, he bought everything to furnish his apartment: yeah. furniture, like house furnishings, everything. And it was such a big order that they had to like call in reinforcements to like yep. approve everything and to get everything to him. But he bought an entire house worth of goods yeah. at one time. I think Shaq is probably the coolest person on the, on the face of the earth. I just love his videos where he just walks in and buys things. Like yeah. the, the, the most recent one I saw, there was a homeless guy sitting in a restaurant and he asked the guy, he's like, you hungry, man? Like, what do you want? And he's like, a, like a chicken sandwich. And Shaq's like one or two. And he's like, just w- one will be great. And so Shaq goes up to the counter, orders two, and this guy's next to me. He's like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "Yeah, get his too," and just like, just. So I the the latest one I saw, and then there was an interview attached to it. Was I guess there was a mom in trying to figure out how she's going to buy her student son a laptop, mm-hmm. and she was looking at the the bare bones cheapest ones, and Shaq walks in mm-hmm. and buys her a fifteen hundred dollar laptop, mm-hmm. and then comes back and says. 1500 bucks that ain't nothing to me i carry that with me mm-hmm. you know and still have some left over every day 1500 bucks isn't anything to me and so to be able to like spend that on somebody who's trying to figure out how she's going to pay for a 200 299 bare minimum laptop mm-hmm. i'm going to do it every single time every single time i'm going to do that for people because that money ain't nothing. Did you see the engagement ring one? Yeah, I did see that one. But that's. Then I, but then I also saw the video of him saying, uh, "My sons, they're not getting nothing from me." Like, and when they they always say, "But Dad, we're rich." No, no, we're not rich. I'm rich. You're poor. Mm-hmm. So you need to go to school. You need to have a business plan if you want my money. It's gonna be a partnership, and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna do we're gonna have something attached to. Let's say Bill Gates. Bill Gates left his daughter. I think it was point one percent. Yeah, that's in his will. Is like she gets point one percent of when like when he dies and rest is gonna go to charities. But, but how much would that be? Well, he's worth a hundred and say a hundred and ten billion, I believe. Is there a calculator on this thing? I don't even know. What is point one percent of a hundred billion? Wow, you're making, you're making a real good point there, Dad. Like lesson learned, Bill Gates. Oh man, I'm sorry, Dad. Dad, you're you know what? A jerk, I hate you, Dad. You know what? You're you're right, Dad. I I don't even I, I shouldn't get that point oh five percent. I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah, that's oh man, that's wild. Anyways, dude, we're at an hour and fifteen minutes. I think this is a pretty solid uh, comeback episode. Welcome back. Oh yeah, you know what? We didn't even play that at the beginning. 
Do you remember? Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. It's one of my favorite tunes. Same old place so good. We had to redo that. Uh, in the names of all change. We had to redo the jingles around. episode, by the way. Why is that? Because there was a lot of like spotty um, audio, bad audio. Yeah, but it was a fun episode anyway, and we can do it again. But I've got an idea as far as loading them actually on here. Okay. And while we're talking about it, yeah, yeah, we can do a little extra. Beautiful. But anyways, that's an episode. Travis is back officially. I love it when you're in that chair, man. But uh, anyways, y'all go like, subscribe, share, tell your mothers hello. Or if you don't like us. If you don't like us, comment listen. why. Listen anyway. And let's argue about it. Yeah. Open invite to people who don't like us to come and sit in a chair next to us and talk about it. I guarantee you'll leave liking us. Anyways. Because we have milkshakes. And until next time. See you guys. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 